The scripture reading for tonight is 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6. The text is verses 11 and 12. I was planning to preach this for the confession of faith tonight, but that is no longer happening. And I still think that the word here applies to all of us. And if there's two confession of faith sermons too, that's not such a bad thing either. So we're, we're going to consider verses 11 and 12 about fighting the good fight of faith. As I understand it, you'll have confession of faith next week, and that's a thankful for that, thankful for the young man's confession. 1 Timothy 6. But as many servants as are under the yoke Count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them, because they are brethren. But rather do them service, because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. He is proud, knowing nothing but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called. And hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. 
laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Grace be with thee. Amen. And so far do we read God's word tonight. The text is verses 11 and 12. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. In 1 Timothy, Paul is writing to the young pastor, Timothy. Who is Timothy? Timothy was from Lystra in Asia Minor. And Asia Minor is above Israel and Judah. Paul had, or excuse me, Timothy had a, a Jewish mother named Eunice and a Jewish grandmother named Lois. And they taught him the Old Testament scriptures from the time he was very little. And that's according to 2 Timothy 1 verse 5. Paul came to Lystra on his first missionary journey. And God worked powerfully through the word in Timothy's grandmother and Timothy's mother and Timothy himself to see that Jesus was the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures. And he had come. And they believed in Jesus for all their salvation. On Paul's second missionary journey, he revisited Lystra. And he saw and talked to Timothy again. And according to Acts 16 verses 1 and 2, he asked Timothy to come with him on the rest of his second missionary journey. Along with Silas. It would be Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And Timothy went with him. Timothy went and helped in the spread of the gospel. Then after Paul's third missionary journey and his time in Ephesus, he called Timothy to stay in Ephesus and be the preacher there. Be the minister of the gospel to that church. And 1 Timothy then, this book is Paul's letter to the young pastor Timothy, giving instruction and encouragement for his work in preaching the gospel and in taking care of the church there in Ephesus. That's what this book is about. Now in particular, 1 Timothy 6, there specifically Paul calls Timothy to continue in faith and to continue in holy living. Paul speaks of Timothy's confession of faith in verse 12. He says that he professed a good profession before many witnesses. Profession is the same word as confession. Now when Paul brings up Timothy's profession, he's talking about a profession of faith. Or even in verse 12, we read about Timothy having 
was faith. Fight the good fight of faith, Paul says. Timothy has faith. He's made a profession of faith. And likely he made that profession of faith in the church in Lystra that he grew up in right at the same time as he was baptized. Not that he shouldn't have said he grew up there. That church did not start until Paul came there on his missionary journey. But he made that church made that confession of faith in the church in which he was baptized there in Lystra. So he had confessed his faith in Jesus, and he was now to fight the good fight of faith. Timothy had come to the point of responsibility. He was not to walk in sin, but fight it, living by faith. And in holiness. He must live a life that was consistent with his confession. As an example to the church. Of which he was the pastor. And as a witness to those around him. What Paul writes to Timothy here in verses 11 and 12. Certainly applies to us. Like Timothy there is a young man who recently made confession of faith before the consistory here. And, and many of us here tonight have made confession of our faith. And made confession of faith even before many witnesses. For we've made public confession of faith here in the church. Before many people. Just like Timothy did in Lystra. And our calling is to continue in faith and holy living. Fighting against sin. Like Timothy, we are to live a life that's consistent with our confession. As an example to those who are around us, and as a witness even to those who are outside the walls of, of this church. Showing what a great Savior we have in Jesus Christ. So may you be strengthened to fight the good fight of faith through the word that's brought tonight. May we all be strengthened by God's gracious work in our heart. Let's consider the text under the theme, fighting the good fight of faith. Fighting the good fight of faith. First, the activity. Second, the manner. And third, the encouragement. Fighting the good fight of faith. First, the activity. What, is, what does this mean? Paul calls us to fight the good fight of faith. We have been given faith. That's an astounding thing. It's wonderful. We have been given faith. Faith is first of all a bond by which one is united to Jesus Christ. That's an amazing thing. A bond by which one is united to Christ spiritually. Ephesians 3 verse 17 teaches that faith is a bond when it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love and then continues on. But Paul prays that Christ would dwell in the Ephesians by faith. So faith is first of all a bond with Christ and it becomes an activity 
being united to Jesus Christ, one is strengthened to trust in God and trust in his promises. That includes trusting in Jesus for salvation. So one who has faith is united to Jesus Christ and believes in God or trusts in him. One who has genuine faith seeks to worship and serve God in his life. James chapter 2 verses 17 and 18 says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. So one who has true faith, trusting in God, he worships and serves God. That doesn't mean that he, he never sins. Certainly not. He still has a sinful nature. One who has faith may even be very weak in their faith at times and even walk in sin. That means go on in unrepentance and not confessing for a time. However, one who, has brought, one who has faith is brought to see their sin, confess it, and brought to look to Jesus and trust in him for deliverance. And he turns. Now, amazingly, we've been given that gift we just talked about. Timothy was given that gift. He was united to Jesus Christ, believed in him, and confessed him before the church. We have been given that gift of faith. We've been united to Jesus Christ. Believe in him. And many here have made public confession of their faith in Jesus Christ before the church. Christ has earned that gift for us. He earned that gift of faith for us at the cross. Where he purchased all the gifts of salvation for us as people. Praise God for that gift of faith tonight. Now verse 12 speaks of the good fight of faith. The good fight of faith. Here, fight means contest. Contest. And it's a word that's referring to a contest for athletes. Paul knew about such contests in his day. There were already the Olympic Games in that day. And since many of the Olympic contests were fighting, things like wrestling or boxing, since many of the athletic contests were contests of fighting, the word contest in the Greek is translated fight here in verse 12. It's a good fight. Of faith. In a fight, obviously, one is trying to bring the other down. Well, they're really both trying to bring the other one down. That there is a fight of faith means that we who have been given faith, we just saw that, we who have been given faith are in a fight. That fight, fight of faith means that there's a fight that springs from faith. A fight that proceeds from or springs from faith. We've been given faith by God. And now we who have been given faith were in a fight. 
With who? Well, we have spiritual enemies. Spiritual enemies that are seeking to take us down. These spiritual enemies are the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature. They're trying to destroy us spiritually. They seek to bring us away from our trust in Jesus for salvation. They want to bring us not to care about him, not really to care about Christ, or as we heard this morning, to trust maybe in our works to cover our sin. Think my works really can make up for the bad that I do and get me into heaven. These spiritual enemies want to bring us away from trust in Christ. They, they want to bring us away from trust in God for all our needs. These spiritual enemies want us to think, I'm a self-made man. I can take care of myself. I can provide my physical needs by hard work. I can provide for my body if I just exercise enough and do this and that. I'll provide for myself. Provide for myself by making the right budget. I'll figure it out. These spiritual enemies want to bring us away from trust in God and they want to bring us into certain sins. Sins that our sinful nature especially likes. Maybe sins like greed. Sexual lusts. Or you think of the sin that your sinful nature is especially attracted to. Our spiritual enemies want to bring us into those sins and keep us in them. Keep us in unrepentance. And forget Christ. Not look to him anymore. There's a spiritual fight really raging every day over two main issues. First is who will you trust in? Who will you trust in? We are to trust in God to provide all our needs. The devil, the world, and our own sinful nature want us to trust in ourselves or in others around us, not in God. That's the first thing, first issue. Who will you trust in? Second, and related to the first issue, is who will you worship? We are to worship God and obey him, but our enemies, the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature want us really to serve sin. Again, they want us to bring us into those sins that our sinful nature likes and really give our lives to them. That's the fight. The fight with those spiritual enemies. And this is a, a good fight. It's called the good fight of faith. That word good there means noble. It's a fight against unbelief and sin. So this is a good fight. We've been given faith, we're in a fight, and God commanded Timothy and he commands us in verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Battle with our spiritual adversaries, speaking, seeking to put them down. That's an important calling for each of us tonight because our spiritual enemies, they don't want us really to fight back, they just want us to surrender. Our spiritual enemies say that to us every day. Don't fight. Surrender. Just give in. Give in. Do what's pleasing to you. We know what that's like. We've experienced that. The devil, he wants us all to come to his side against God and go on in unbelief and unrepentance. The world, they 
do not want us to fight because fighting against unbelief and sin is a witness against their life. When they see us doing that, they see, they're reminded that they're doing wrong and that they will face judgment one day. And they don't like to see that. Much of the church world today says don't fight, but surrender. They'll say, stop talking about theistic evolution being wrong. Stop speaking against work on the Sabbath day. Stop talking about divorce and remarriage and homosexuality being sin. Don't say that. Just surrender in those areas. That's what the enemies say, but God says, fight the good fight of faith. Battle! You may not surrender. Do not stop trusting in Jehovah to provide all your needs and in Jesus for salvation. Do not give in and and stop trusting that the word, the word is true and the only rule for faith and life. Don't give in to, to sins that your sinful nature is especially tr- attracted to. And when the temptations come, don't just roll over and surrender. No, fight, God says. Fight the good fight of faith. And the command is to do this continually. That's the original language. The the command fight is in the present tense. And whenever a command is in the present tense, in the original Greek language, it means that this must be done continuously. We are to fight the good fight of faith and fight it throughout our entire life. The enemies, they won't stop attacking. It's not like as, as you grow older, all of a sudden the enemies are, are done and they're, they're, they're not going to attack anymore. No, they'll attack the rest of our days. And someday it may even be true that the world threatens to kill for a confession of Jesus Christ. God's command is don't even stop then. Continue to fight the good fight of faith. There are a few truths that we must remember about this fight of faith. Three truths we must remember about this fight we are commanded to engage in. First, the enemies that we have in this fight are superior to us of ourselves. If left to our own strength, we will actually listen to the enemies. And we will be destroyed spiritually. If left to self. The enemy says, go on in that sin. Go on in that sin that your nature is attracted to. We'll gladly do that if left to ourselves. The enemy maybe says to you, go after those material things. Really, spend very little time in the Word. Give that time up so that you can be working more, planning more, getting all all these things ready so you can get more things. We'll gladly do that if left to self. That's the way we would go. And if we continue to be left to our own strength, we'll continue in those ways of sin. We'll be destroyed. We'll fall into unbelief and sin. We will not repent. We will forget Christ as Savior. 
You might wonder, why are we so weak? Why is this true? Well, we each have a sinful nature. Passed to us from Adam. By nature, we want to go along with the devil and the world. By nature, we don't care about Christ, but we do care about ourselves and about gaining pleasure for self and getting what makes us feel good. That we care about by nature. So left to ourselves, we are overmatched. We will lose. That points us to Christ. Our only hope in this fight is Christ. You have made confession of faith and, and, and other believers here. We, we are united to Christ. United to him. You think of what that means. The great Savior lives within us. The almighty Savior. He strengthens us to fight. And when we do fall into sin, he strengthens us to see it. Confess and turn. Remember that Christ is greater than all of our enemies. He's the Lord. He's ruler over all. He strengthens his children to fight. That's the first thing about the fight. We are overmatched as we are of self. The second about this fight is that it's long and wearisome. A long and wearisome fight. The word contest in verse 12 indicates that. The word contest, or it's actually fight in our King James Version, but in the original Greek it's contest. And that word contest in Greek, it's the word from which we get our word agony. It's the word from which we get our word agony. That shows this fight is long and grueling. If you've ever wrestled against your brother and really were wrestling against him, you know how grueling that can be as you battle and battle and battle and you get tired because wrestling makes you really tired. But you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. Well, that's what this fight of faith is like. It's long, it's grueling, it's hard. We're in a battle with our spiritual enemies all the way until we die. And you think for a moment, just think of what this is like. We have these spiritual enemies hounding us every day, trying to bring us into those sins our nature is especially attracted to, and they keep coming. And when we say no and we fight against it, they attack harder. And this goes on and on and on every day for the rest of our life. The enemy keeps coming. It's tiring. So again, this fact about the fight points us to our need for the great Savior. We need the all-powerful Christ to strengthen us to fight every day battle against this enemy. Third, about this fight, remember that you have received training for it. Greek athletes trained and trained and trained for the athletic contests. And you know the same thing's true today with the athletic contests today, all the training that goes into that by the athletes. 
Well, Timothy had received training for this spiritual fight. Timothy's mom and his grandma taught him the Old Testament scriptures from the time that he was little. And as a young person, he had heard the preaching of of Paul about Jesus Christ, his amazing work. And he had been shown what it means to live a life of gratitude to God for salvation. He'd received training. Well, now you think about us. We too have received such wonderful training. We're thankful for that. That one who will make public confession of faith next week, no, no doubt, also has received much training. We've been taught the scriptures like Timothy had been by his mom and grandma. We've been taught the scriptures by our parents, by our grandparents. We've been taught at school by our our Christian school teachers. We've grown up hearing, most of us have grown up hearing the gospel proclaimed Sunday after Sunday in church, being pointed to Christ, being shown what the life of gratitude is is like. We've been trained. That's important to remember important to remember we have received such training be thankful for that christ has really trained you through those tools and instruments of minister or pastor teacher parents christ has trained you and he's with you in the fight so fight verse 11 shows the manner Verse 11 shows the manner or how we are to fight this fight of faith. And first, what verse 11 says regarding the manner of this fight is that we are to flee. Flee these things, it says. Thou, O man of God, flee these things. We might think when we read that, that's that's kind of strange. You fight by fleeing or by running away? Yes, you do. One who fails to run away from these things, that is the things mentioned before verse 11, one who fails to run from those sins that were mentioned falls into those sins. And one who continues to fail to run away from those sins continues to fall into those sins. They go on in unrepentance. So fight by fleeing these things. Now these things that we must flee in the fight are the things previously mentioned or the things mentioned earlier in chapter 6. These things that we are to flee include the love of money. Verses 5 through 10 of 1 Timothy 6 is about the love of money, the desire for riches. When you love money and desire to be rich, you're, you really live your life chasing luxuries, chasing vacations, chasing this car, that truck. You work and you get jobs and you budget with that in mind. I want those things. That's the way of the world. We're commanded here, flee that. Flee that love of money. The devil wants us to chase those things. He wants that to be our focus. So that's our, really our life. Trying to get those luxuries. The devil wants us to focus on that so that we don't focus on God. And we have no time for the word and serving the neighbor. Well, run from from that greed 
and run, flee from that love of money. And when others around you are focused on those things, materialism, talk to them about that. And if that's all they still talk about, that's all they seem to care about, and that's your company, then you have to flee. Flee their company if they don't change. That's how you fight the good fight of faith. Flee these things also means that we flee from errors and unbelief. Verses 3 and 4 talk about those things. Verses 3 and 4 say, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud. So some are unbelieving, some teach errors. And Paul says to Timothy, flee those things, young man. Flee them. So when you're being tempted to doubt the scriptures, to doubt what they say is true about creation, about salvation, run away. Put those thoughts out. The devil, he's trying to destroy you with that thinking. To run. And if you're in the company of those who are constantly talking down scripture and saying this isn't true, that you really believe that silliness and they're trying always to instill doubt, well, talk to them about that. And if they don't change and they keep trying to instill doubt in you about what these scriptures say is true, then run. Run from their company. That's what it means to flee these things. Flee these things also means that we flee envy, fighting, and insulting speech. Verse 4 speaks of false teachers. And these false teachers are described as, as those who sin in those ways. They're envious, it says. They strive, they they have evil surmisings or evil thoughts of others. Flee that. Flee jealousy. Flee gossip and, and fighting. Really in verse 11 when it says flee these things it can boil down to this. Flee wickedness. Verse 10 even says the love of money is the root of all evil. Mentions evil. And when verse 11 says flee these things basically is this flee all evil flee all wickedness and you think about the wickedness that surrounds us in this world today the, the devil's especially working hard today to, to bring young men into sexual sin into lust the devil's working hard to bring women to wear suggestive clothing and try to attract the young men in that way that's what the culture is like around us. God's command to us tonight is fight. Fight the good fight of faith by fleeing those things. Run away. You see something on TV that might lead to those kind of lustful thoughts or something on the computer? Leave. Run away. Throw it out. But think of what sins are tempting you. Think of what sins are, sins are tempting to you tonight. 
Think of what sins are especially attractive to you in your life that you struggled with in your life. Think of it. Flee it. When you feel that temptation this week, run. Everything really that the fallen world is pursuing today, run away from it. So that's first about the manner in which we fight the good fight of faith. Flee those, that wickedness. In the positive manner in which we fight this good fight of faith is that we, we pursue after the things listed in the text, after the spiritual virtues listed in verse 11. It says, Thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. We are to fight the good fight of faith by following after those virtues listed. And follow after means pursue, seek after, run after those things. Track those virtues down so that you're showing those things forth in your life. Track them down so that you're exhibiting them. This love, patience, godliness, righteousness, faith. Track those virtues down. Let's look at those virtues a moment. And understand that each of those virtues that we are to track down, that we're to be showing forth, they're the opposite of the things we just heard we are to flee from. They're the opposite. So we just heard flee from wickedness. And positively, verse 11 says, follow after righteousness. Pursue after that in the fight. Righteousness is that which is in harmony or in line with God's law. So it's worshiping God alone. Keeping the Sabbath day holy. Honoring those in authority. Loving the neighbor. Living purely. Using your gifts to serve the neighbor. Telling the truth. Living in contentment. Track down righteousness so that's how we are, are living more and more. That's fighting the good fight of faith. Follow after righteousness. Then verse 11 calls us to follow after godliness, which is the opposite of loving money that we talked about before. Flee the love of money. One who loves money has their heart set on that. They're really in awe of money. So they're serving it. It's essentially what they're doing. Serving it. They're in awe of it. Well, Paul says, opposite of that, follow after godliness. Run to that. Which means godliness is being in awe of God and, and serving Him. Track down that virtue. Verse 11 then commands us to follow after faith. Flee from unbelief. Flee from those errors we talked about. Follow after faith so that you're trusting in Jesus for salvation and in, and in God's word more and more. Then verse 11 commands us to follow after love, which is the opposite of envy and strife. We heard about those false teachers before. Envious, striving. Flee, after, flee from that. Instead, seek after the love of God and love of the neighbor. 
Seek after the love of God so that you're seeking His glory. You're living to His glory in this life. Seek after the love of the neighbor so you're doing good to the neighbor. So instead of being envious, instead of fighting, love. Verse 11 demands that we follow after patience. That's second to last, patience. That's the opposite of complaining and, and discontentment and that seeking after money and desire of riches. Patience is having an enduring trust in God that He will provide exactly what we need. Follow after patience, God says, so that you are living patiently. And last, the last spiritual virtue, virtue to follow after or pursue is meekness. And that too is the opposite of strife. The opposite of, of that fighting we heard about. Or insulting those who you don't agree with. That's part of that word striving too before. Insulting those you don't agree with. Meekness is the opposite. Meekness is being gentle. And even when you disagree with someone on something, you seek to talk to them and you talk to them humbly about it and seek to help them see what, what you're seeing. It's being long-suffering with others. Working together with them. God says pursue after meekness. Not strivings and envying. Basically, the commands here boiled down to this is, is live a life that's consistent with your confession. You confess that you believe in Jesus for all of your salvation and that he really is your savior from sin. You confess he paid for your sins and he now lives in you and he strengthens me to serve him. Well, live a life that's consistent with your confession. You don't live a life that's consistent with your confession when you're trusting in self, when you're seeking wealth or living in, in lust or dressing like the world. That's not living a life consistent with our confession. No, fight the good fight of faith by living in line with that confession of faith that we have made. Live consistently by trusting in Jesus and serving him, following his word. And we need strength to fight this good of fit, fight of faith. We need strength to flee from those sins we heard about and pursue after those virtues. Well, God strengthens us through the word. He strengthens us through prayer. And he even uses the encouragement of fellow saints to help us in this fight and to strengthen us to fight the good fight of faith. So be in that word. Be in the, the word and, and at church to hear the word. Romans 1 verse 16 says, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Through the word we're built up in strength to flee from those sins and to pursue spiritual virtues, really to fight. We're strengthened to fight even against those pet sins that we have. So be here to hear that word regularly. Here we're reminded of what Christ has done. 
We're reminded of God's grace to us. We're strengthened in our trust in him and desire to serve him in gratitude. So come here regularly to hear that word. And second, God uses prayer for strength to flee wickedness and pursue righteousness. Pray. Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We live in a very wicked world. Pray every day that God would strengthen you to fight against the many temptations that abound around us. Fight sin and the devil. Pray. And last, God uses the saints around us to lead us to flee sin and pursue spiritual virtues. He uses the saints around us. Understand the people of the world, they're not going to help us in this fight. They like sin. They pursue wealth, pursue lust. They don't care about sin. They're not going to help us fight. But who does help us fight is, is our fellow church members. They're an example to us. And when we are struggling, they help us. They point us to the word and who God is to us and, and who Christ is. They're used to help us fight. So flee, flee wickedness and pursue spiritual virtues by hanging around with good, godly Christian friends. That is so important for you young people to understand and for all of us to understand, but young people see that. Be with those who help you fight. Third and last tonight for the three points, notice that Paul gives encouragement to Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. He gives great encouragement. There are three things in regard to this encouragement. Three encouragements that can be derived from the text. The first one is this. Paul reminds Timothy, as he calls him to fight the good fight of faith, he reminds Timothy he's a man of God. He says, thou, O man of God, flee these things. That's encouraging. A man of God is one who is owned by God and has been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Throughout the Old Testament, this phrase was used in, re in regard to the prophets. The Old Testament prophets were called men of God. Well, in the New Testament, that phrase is used to refer to all believers. 2 Timothy 3 verse 17 speaks of all believers as being men of God. They're all owned by God in love. They've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's why they believe. They cannot be destroyed, for they belong to the Almighty God. So Paul calls Timothy a man of God, encouraging him to fight. And believers, understand here tonight, you too are men and women of God. You're owned by God. You've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. That encourages us to fight. It's hard. Fighting's hard. It's hard to fight against our pet sins. But keep fighting knowing that God lives in you and God works in you and will strengthen you for Jesus' sake. 
Keep fighting in gratitude, knowing that you've been made a, a, a man of God or a woman of God. Second, Paul encourages Timothy by pointing to his eternal life. What an encouragement that is. Verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called. So in the midst of this call to fight the good fight of faith, he says, Timothy, you have eternal life. You've been called unto it. To have eternal life is an amazing thing. It's to have friendship with God and fellowship with him now and forever. To have friendship with God now and forever. John 17 verse 3 proves that. John 17 verse 3 says, This is the life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Life eternal is knowing God, John 17 verse 3 teaches. It's knowing God as your friend. This is enjoyed by God's children now and enjoyed forever in heaven. And Christ earned it. Christ earned it for his people by his work at the cross. Now, you have been called, you believers have been called to eternal life. And that word call in the text, it's referring to the internal call. It's referring to referring to the internal saving call by which Christ brings his people to believe in him. Christ speaks through the preacher, saying, believe, gives that call. And through the preaching, Christ calls his people internally, actually moving them, that means, to believe. That's the internal call, his moving us actually to believe in the Savior Jesus Christ. And in a sense, that call to believe is a call to eternal life. For when one is brought to believe in Jesus, he enjoys eternal life. He enjoys friendship with God. He knows God as his friend. And he will enjoy life with him now and forever. So you think now of this amazing truth. Timothy and us believers here, we've been called to eternal life. We've been brought to believe. We know God as our friend now, and we will know him as our friend forever. Amazing. And Paul says here in verse 12, lay hold on eternal life. I mean, seize this eternal life unto which you are called. That's connected to the command that comes right before it, to fight the good fight of faith. Those who fight the good fight of faith, they trust in the Lord to provide all their needs. They trust in him for all their salvation. And they lay hold then of eternal life now by Christ's power. It means they enjoy it now by Christ's power, knowing God as their friend. When Paul points Timothy to this eternal life to which he's been called here, he's saying, Timothy... Fight the good fight of faith, knowing what you've been given. You've been given eternal life, and you deserve eternal death. You've been given that life with God now and forever. Now fight the good fight of faith and gratitude. What an encouragement that is when you think of what we've been given. 
Last, Paul encourages Timothy by reminding him of his public confession of faith. Verse 12, he says, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Timothy had made confession of faith before many witnesses. He had confessed before the church in Lystra, and the church in Ephesus knew about this too, about his public confession. He had confessed that he had eternal life based on the work of Jesus Christ. They'd heard that. He'd made a public confession before many witnesses. And many of you here have made confession of faith also before many witnesses. And one next week will make confession of faith before many people. Paul reminds Timothy and us of our confession before many witnesses to encourage us to fight the good fight of faith. Bringing up our public confession reminds us of what we said. When we make public confession, we say that Christ is our Savior from sin and death. We said, Christ is my Savior. I I will not now then surrender to Satan and walk on and on in sin. No, I will serve my God who saved me. So bringing up our public confession is encouraging. It reminds us of what we confessed. The content of our confession, that encourages us to fight in gratitude. And second, Bringing up our public confession of faith reminds us that we have others to hold us accountable and to help us. It's very hard to fight if you're alone. That's true in in regard to physical fighting as well, but it's very hard to fight the good fight of faith alone. But we're not alone. You're sitting next to many tonight who have also made public confession of their faith. You're sitting next to many who've made the exact same confession and they know you well. Many of you have gone to church together your whole life. You know each other. Some of you have gone to school together your, your whole life in school. You know each other. The pews are filled with, with others that made the same confession and they know you well. Just look at them even. Just think about them now. Think about the people that are around you. They help us fight. If you're not fighting, they talk to you about that. They certainly better. And I trust that that they do. When you speak of your struggles, they they help you. They say, hey, look at this. Look at what what this says. And and God, he's been faithful to you in all these ways in your life. See that. See his care and serve him. Let's do it together. Let's look to Christ. Let's pray to him now and fight together. That's what we do for each other here. And we encourage each other even by our example. So that we see how the older members walk. It's encouraging. The contest is hard and grueling, but knowing that we have others with us and helping us encourages us to keep going. 
That's why Paul points to the fact that Timothy had made a profession before many others. Saying, Timothy, look around you. You've got all these people next to you with you who make the same confession. Same thing is true for us here tonight. All kinds of people right here with us in the battle, in the fight to encourage, to be an example. Thank God for that. You're a people of God. You've been called to eternal life. You have others around you right here helping you in the battle. Let's fight. Let's fight this week to our gracious God's glory. He's been so good to us. Amen. Our Father which art in heaven, Lord, we pray that thou wilt strengthen us to fight the good fight of faith. May we flee. Flee from love of money. May we flee from all sexual sin. All unbelief. All wickedness. And may we follow after righteousness, godliness, love, faith, meekness, patience. Lord, may we be encouragements to each other even in this fight. May we battle together to thy glory and honor. May thy name be praised for thou art the God of our salvation who is worthy of all glory. In Jesus' name we pray all this. Amen.